Old Gold Club. Old Gold Club. Hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows. Welcome along to another episode of Old Gold Club, My Golden Game. And for this episode, we are going back across the pond to check into a former Wolves man who is making a name for himself in the coaching career out in the United States. A big hello to Kevin Foley. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Mikey. What an introduction. Um, I'll slip you uh, some money next time <laughs> I see you. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. How are you, mate? I'm good, man. I'm good. You are, um, what's your official title? Are you assistant head coach or assistant um, manager? Assistant cone picker-upper. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, assistant coach. Uh, me, there's another guy called Chad Burt. He's a local guy who played for the Tampa Bay Rowdies as well. He's young, you know, he's he's 33. Obviously, you've got Neil as the head coach. He's 36, 37. Uh, and then we've got uh, one other coach, the goalkeeper coach. Um, he's he's 50-odd. I won't tell you his real age because he'll have a go at me. <laughs> so this is Neil Collins, of course, your former Wolves teammate at the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Um, we did an episode with him uh, a couple of mo- weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, actually. Um, yeah. And it, it's, it's funny because obviously I've known you boys for a long time and I've done media stuff with you as well. And like... I said to Neil at the time, like he's proper, like turn into a proper manager, if that makes sense. And I don't mean that in a derogatory yeah. sense at all, but he has yeah. the aura of a manager, doesn't he? Oh, definitely. Like Neil, Neil's just like serious. He's on it. He's, um, he, he, yeah, he, he has, he's definitely got a different aura about him. Um, he's, he's gone into that role, you know, two, two and a half years ago. And he's, he's, he's done a fantastic job with, with the Rowdies. And um, it's great. It's great. Obviously he's, he's a little bit older than me, but I, I'm learning off him, you know, because he seems so experienced at what he's been doing. Obviously he's, he's been in the job a little while, but he's, um, he's seen, a, he's seen a lot of things as I'm sure a lot of coaches do earlier on in their careers. He's, he's had a lot of hurdles to come over, but um, he, he's great. He's great to work for. And um you know, he's, he's had a good start to his career. What is it like, though? Because I, I would describe both of you as characters. Uh, like, you, you good, good laugh. Yeah. And yeah. I, I imagine it's quite strange because you're used to behaving around him probably in a certain way from when you played together. Do you yeah. have to kind of watch what you say and do when you're in the dressing room there? Well, it depends who's in the dressing room. <laughs> 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 honestly but there is times honestly like we'll 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 schedule meetings throughout the day with the physios with the other coaches and we'll sit down in this serious time but you know what football's like Mikey like a bit of banter goes a long way and um you know as long as we're doing it at the right times um sometimes to break the ice on a few things it, it's great and um you know Neil Neil was Neil was a bit of a trickster back in the day playing playing jokes and he's still the same but he, he, he can just switch like that and go into full-on management mode. Um, and I think you need that. You, you, need, you need a mix of both. You can't be too, too much of one and too much of the other. Um, and he seems to have the balance just right. Uh, we've joked before that you're the Terry Connor to his Mick McCarthy, right? No, no, You've no. got the clipboard, no, haven't no, you? No, no, no. There's only one Terry Connor. There's only one Terry Connor. Um no, I'm not, I'm not that In fact, I'll tell you what, I I, I um I did meet meet up with TC. Obviously, we don't we didn't don't live too far away from each other when I was in the UK. 
and uh, you know when I was doing my coaching at, at the Wolves Academy and um, I, I said look can we go for a coffee and he was in between jobs I think at the time and he was like great so I went for a coffee and the biggest thing that I took away from having a chat with TC and everything and he just said look when you be a coach he said just be yourself don't try and be you know a Pep or a Jurgen Klopp or a don't try and be anyone else just be yourself okay be yourself and um and you know I, that stuck with me so I'll be myself um and try and help players at the same time what's life like out there because I mean you had a really successful year last year and it probably would have been more successful were it not for COVID kind of ruining yeah. the, the the final game but I mean, you kind of moved out there and then all this COVID stuff kind of kicked off. So yeah. you, you moved for the dream life with your family in Florida yeah. and then you haven't been able to go yeah. anywhere. No, well, I'll I tell you what, Mikey, um, a lot of people did, did say that to me. Oh, I can't believe you moved out there and all this has happened. I said, to, to be honest, I, I honestly couldn't have, couldn't have thought of a better place to be during COVID because, yeah, there was an, an initial lockdown here, but then things in Florida as well as a few other places in the in, in the state started to open up quite early. And, you know, we, we were out, I was out fishing with the kids every day on the bikes and speaking to people back home and everyone was locked up in the house. And, you know, I felt quite lucky, to be honest. And obviously, once we overcome that, then there was the hurdles of trying to get the season back, back up and running. We didn't know if there was going to be a season or not. So you go out there with this big hope of getting into coaching and being part of the season. Uh, but thankfully, we managed to get one up and up and running again, albeit, you know, not the full format. And um, we come we come top of our mini group. Um, we progressed through the playoffs. We beat um, one, two, three teams um, in the playoffs. And we made it. So we were champions of the Eastern Conference. And we, we were due to play Phoenix, who were champions of the West. And literally, like, in the week leading up to it, um, a few of us, including myself, um, got COVID. So... You know, you go from one high to a complete low. Mm. Um, but, you know, we've got to take the positives away from that. And it's a new season and already looking forward to it. Um, the game that you've selected, we are going back a decade. Um, that feels just crazy. Over, yeah. Just over. Unbelievable. Mikey, I, c- I cannot believe it. Um, you know, when I mentioned you about this game, I had to type it in. Um, and, and see all the fixtures. And obviously, I couldn't believe how far down the list it was, you know. Um, I, I thought, oh, you know, we've not played that many times, this team that many times since, but actually we have <laughs> in more cup games. Obviously, Wolves now doing great in the Premier League. So, yeah. 29th of December, 2010, Anfield. Right. A 1-0 victory. At Liverpool, Roy Hodgson's Liverpool. That feels like a yeah. long time ago. That feels like longer ago than than the ten years saying it was ten years ago. That does. That does. Uh, Roy Hodgson. I was just looking through their list of players, and you know, some really good players in there, but some some other players that you you think are, you know, I don't know. Yeah, strange. I mean, they were still a good team. Yeah, very good team. Let's very be honest. We we had to we 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 had to be a. Uh, we had to be at our home at best that night because um, I remember going there and pretty much everyone had written us off uh, because we, we we were actually down, you know, quite a lot of players. We, we had a, a good few injuries to, to key players and it was sort of mixed sort of just through a team together. You know, obviously we worked on quite a few things, 
which in fact I think you know was a big factor in in the victory the way he set us up the way he asked us to play you know without them things I think if we had just rocked up there I don't I don't think we would have been talking about a 1-0 win see this is why I wanted to ask you about why this is your golden game because you've selected a game where you kind of played out of position yeah. and obviously everyone talks about Stephen Ward playing out of position in this game and getting the winning yeah. goal but you very much played out of position so is it golden game because of the result or because of your specific performance in an unusual role um it's a mix of things really it's um it's going to Anfield and winning it's being the captain I was a captain that day um it's pretty much you know down to bare bones coming together as a team rolling our sleeves up sticking to a game plan and getting the result um and it's, yeah, just winning at Anfield with your mates. Unbelievable feeling when everyone had, had ripped you off. So all them things rolled into one. And it was a night game as well. And it was on TV. And it was it was a proud moment for me. And probably the, one of the proudest moments of my career, actually, being the captain at Anfield and winning. You mentioned being captain. Was that the first time? No, I think I, I, I'd played against Sunderland maybe a, a few games before that. Um Carl Henry got injured at Blackpool away and then I was given the armband by Mick and then I actually scored on that game as well. I scored a rebound from a Java shot, I think. It was a left-footed volley. And then I kept the armband for probably the next seven or eight games. And um, again, that was a really proud moment for me in my career to be captain of a team like Wolves. Yeah, what did it mean when Mick said, you're going to be the skipper? Well... I think Mick sort of felt sorry for me, really, because we played, honestly, we played Blackpool away, right? And just to, just to cut this story quite short, Blackpool away, Charlie Adam was in midfield, Luke Varney was out on the wing, he was good in the air. So it was like, right, we need to stop um, Charlie Adam hitting these diagonal balls because, you know, he's got a good range of passing. So anyway, a couple minutes in, he's hit this one, Varney's beat me in the air. All right, this isn't good. He's hit another one a few a few few minutes later, and he's gone behind me. And Varney's chested it down. He's volleyed it in the top corner from thirty yards. So then I'm like, oh no, this is exactly what Mick talked about. And um, then about a minute later, Mick moved me into midfield. And then about two minutes later, he he dragged me off after thirty minutes to put Mancy in at right back. So I was like, felt devastated because I'm getting I'm getting subbed off after like 20, 25 minutes. And then, um, obviously, I was disappointed with that. And um, and then I think Mick pulled me on the Monday. He said, uh, Carl Henry got injured, actually, in that Blackpool game. And Mick pulled me on the Sunday. And he said, look, on the Monday, he said, look, maybe I shouldn't have pulled you off like that. He said, but I'm just letting you know, if Carl can't make the game against Sunderland, you'll be skipper. So I was like, all right, that's good. So there's always a light at the end of the tunnel, isn't there, Mikey? It's, it's good, though. That shows <laughs> a little bit about... And I love those stories about Mick, because... One of the things that a lot of the guys talk about is the fact that if he did something like that, he was always to come and, and say to you, like, admit when he was wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think as a player yourself, you always know if you played bad, you knew Mick was looking for you anyway to let you know. Um, but as well, he, 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 Mick would always hold his hands up and... Um, you know, he was, he, he, I know people always talk about it, but he's as, he's as honest as they come. And, 
you know, I, I loved playing for Mick and obviously I went on to play for him as well at Ipswich for six months and he was the exact same there and look at him now at Cardiff. I mean, there's no surprise to see he, he goes to, he goes to clubs and he, he, he gets, he gets results. Um, I've got the match report from the BBC website for the game. And I just want to read you this bit of it because like, it makes me smile. It says the first half was an instantly forgettable affair. <laughs> Classic. Is that fair? Um, probably. But do you know why? Because uh, Liverpool, Roy Hodgson, obviously he loves a 4-4-2. He was playing 4-4-2 at the time. And Mick said to us, look, we're going to go there and we're going to man mark. So like, I'm marking Steven Gerrard. Um, Nenad Milias, he's man marking Lucas Lever. Um, Steers, you're at the back. You know, you could be on your own against uh, who was playing Torres. Torres. Okay, so it's man for man all over the pitch, and we probably made it a dull affair because we we were so tight to everyone. Where, but you know, at the same time, if one of us slipped, if Steers slipped, if George Elakobi slipped, you know, they're, they're in on goal. So it was it was brave, and that's what I talk about, Mick on the, on. On the Friday, um, that's what I talk about. Mick on the Friday—I uh, don't think it was a Friday. The day before the game, just saying we're going—we're going to be brave. We're going to go man for man. If they're taking short goal kicks, falls, you're going to follow, follow Gerard to the edge of the box. You're not going to let him get it because what was happening in the games before? Gerard was coming deep, getting on the ball. People were backing off him, and he was just hitting these diags, and they were just dominating teams. Um, so yeah, probably down to our setup. Why it was such a dull first half. I love the fact, though, that you kind of weren't fussed about it being dull in that respect. Like, you knew, uh, as a team, maybe, uh, especially at this period, you knew what your strengths were. And nobody yeah. ever remembers that it might have been a dull first half or a dull game because you won the game. Exactly. Do you think, I don't think the four or 5,000 Wolf fans are going to say, oh, that was a dull game, but we won, we won one nil. No way. And the thing is, you know, we've got to give ourselves a little bit of credit because we could still play, you know, we, we could do the dirty stuff, but if we had time on the ball, we could still get it down and play it into players. And Zuba would go bombing up and down the, the, the right-hand side. We had Javo um, who had, who had the one V one ability. Um, so yeah, it was, um, that's the way it was. The big moment is obviously the Stephen Ward goal. Yeah. You obviously knew him really well and still continue to know him well. And he'll probably be annoyed that you've nicked this game as your golden game because it means he can't have it. Um, yeah. Sorry, Wardy. <laughs> <laughs> like, for him, what did it mean to the rest of the team to see him have that moment in, you know, in front of yeah. the away end, really? Well, I mean, I think it sums up Wardy, really. You know, one minute he's he's a striker, then he's a winger, then he gets converted into this left back and he has a great few seasons. All of a sudden he's playing up front. But that was Wardy. He could play anywhere. He had like great physical attributes. Um, he'd work his socks off. One of the hardest working players I've played with. You tell him to do a job and he'll go and do it. And um, it was fully deserved. I know Silv, I think, slipped the ball through for him. And at one point, it looked like maybe Rainer was going to come out and get it. But Wardy being Wardy, never gave up, stuck his left size nine boot out and slipped it under Rainer. And yeah, it was um, it was a great feeling. Just remember thinking, this is great. Um, 
the one bit you've not mentioned, and I, I got to ask you whether this is the reason you brought it up. You technically start this move because it's a long ball yeah. from Wayne Hennessy. It is. Yeah. It's headed away. Yeah. And it's you climbing above Steven Gerrard to start it yeah. off. Thank you, Mikey. I actually, I had to just watch the highlights before we spoke to each other, and I forgot about that. And um, yeah, I was like, oh, I forgot about that. But obviously, the ball pops up in the air, and I was gone. Uh, I was just like, bosh, have that, Gerard. And Jacob, what a player he is. Um, yeah, I was just delighted just to win the ball, just to try and keep it alive, keep it, keep it in there. And then um, I think Silv. I'm going to hammer Sylvia because he, he plays a ball through. It should really get cut out. I think the two Liverpool centre-backs, there's a little bit of a mix-up and it goes between them. But obviously, obviously, Wardy's just on his toes and he's ready to react to it. Do you know, like, as he as it kind of comes through to Wardy, because he has to stretch for it, right? That's right, yeah. At, at what point are you like, he's going to score, that's in? Um. Honestly, probably not until it rolls over the line. You think you come on, come on, please. You're just waiting for a defender to come back and get it, or and it's like, yeah, great, love it. We all go wild, and then um, and then we're probably realizing right here, here comes the onslaught. Yeah, what's that like? Yeah, I imagine uh, like, and it, it feels like a lifetime ago that we had fans in stadiums, but the yeah. atmosphere like would have been just the tension of playing in yeah. that. Oh, atmosphere, great. I remember the Wolves fans that day were incredible, um, singing their hearts out. Obviously, they're going there for a, you know, I don't know if they're expecting a lot or what, but, you know, we managed to get get the get the result. And um, yeah, it was great. I used to love playing away. I, I remember playing games like West Ham away when we had a great performance and the, and, and, and the fans are there and we're celebrating in front of the fans. I used to just absolutely love it, just... Not that I'd score, but when one of my teammates had scored, bang, straight in there. Charlton was another one when Carl scored a few years before in, in the championship. And um, it's a great feeling to to score away from home and be part of that and go and celebrate with your fans. Well, you nearly scored in this game. Yeah, that's right. I, th- I think um, I think something... Th- th- someone Glenn played Johnson a ball. gets across. That's right. that's right. And the ball popped up... Um, and I sort of jumped over a couple of defenders and I think, my, honestly, I can remember it like it was yesterday. And my eyes light up and I think, bang, here we go, goal. I've sort of, the ball's bouncing. I've just side-footed it, thinking it's a goal. I'm about six or seven yards out. And Glenn Johnson just comes from nowhere, um, gets a sliding block on it. And um, I think that was to make it 2-0, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that would have been nosebleed time for me if I'm scoring at Anfield. Tell me. Tell you about it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, there's one more thing I've got to ask you because I've been watching the highlights of this game so much and it's yeah. something that I don't ever remember you doing before and I oh, don't right. ever remember you doing it after Gerard has that free kick really late that I think it's Skirtle heads it in yeah. and all of you just yeah. leg it out of the penalty area to play them offside I've never seen the entire team run away honestly Mikey that was, the, and this was the, I've spoke about this a few times, the jockey shout. So Mick, we used to say, look, late in the first half or late in the second half, if they've got a free kick out wide, okay, the code word, right, just jockey him, just jockey him, get everyone on board. As he take, as he plants his foot to hit the ball, bang, we're all up and out of it. 
Um, and obviously we played about eight of their players offside. Obviously they've nodded it in. Um, but it can go wrong. It can, And it has gone wrong. <laughs> because I remember playing in the Championship, I think it was my first season. And um, we're all shouting jockey. And I've, I've not heard it. So the ball's come in. Eight Wolves players have just run that way out of the box. And I'm sort of in there on my own. But thankfully, I think Wayne's caught it. And I'm thinking, right, you know, if, if Wayne hadn't caught that and they're in, um, I think Mick would have ripped my head off. But thankfully, it worked. But it was, it was a great thing to do. And it was, I think it was probably part of us being so tired that we don't want to defend another cross, but we had to be brave. <laughs> and then, yeah, just trying to get the timing right. I but we have it. done it. Mikey, we have done it. I, I swear, I, like, I might have just blanked it out of my memory. Mikey, honestly. And we've done it before, right, against teams where we're like, right, let's jockey. Like, 89th minute, we're going to jockey, jockey. But then, obviously, there's a player or two on their team that know what the bloody, the code word is. And they're going, they're going to, they're going to step out. They're going to, and then we're going, cancel jockey, cancel jockey. So half the team are going, are we doing it? Or are we not doing it? Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> and then you just think, oh, please, goalie, just catch this. Well, why didn't you just change the code word? This is, because this... we're probably so stupid, Mikey. We're footballers. <laughs> you just kept the same code word the entire time for like five years. Yeah. Oh, I wonder why teams have worked us out five years later. Yeah. Um, it actually it was Wolves' first win uh, over Liverpool at the time for 27 years. And you mentioned right at the start that obviously, you know, Wolves have had some big results against Liverpool in recent years. But right. to have been a part of that, and it clearly means an awful lot to you. Yeah, it's something special, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's really special, Mikey. Um, you know, me growing up, my dream was to play in the Premier League um, and to play against teams like Liverpool, to get results there, to, to play against teams like Man City, get results, Man United when we beat them, um, when they were on their unbeaten run for the season. Um, that's what it was all about for me. So them two, three years in the Premier League was was part of my part of my dream as a kid and um you know, I, I, I was thankful to have, you know, played played my part in being part of a Wolves team that got to the Premier League and had a couple of decent seasons. Thanks for listening to the Old Gold Club. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and rating from wherever you get your podcasts. Wolves TV, the home of live uninterrupted radio commentary of every single Wolves game. But that's not all. Wolves TV also brings you extended and alternative match highlights, interviews with the team, behind-the-scenes features and training coverage, plus see every goal Wolves score from every angle. So check out Wolves TV online at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app.